0: control and then you kept thinking your your team's going to get it back and then crazy shit happened like Jameer Gibbs who's lost one fumble all year. It was the same move that Bijan Robinson tried to make at Texas Tech. Remember, he tried to spin in a crowd which is always tough mm. and he gets... You know, he gets the ball pulled out and 31 for the 49ers played a great game. That dude was the luxurious sneed of the 49ers. But, oh, man, I mean, you get a 74 yard punt that sits up on the one and the dude doesn't know where he is and takes the ball into the end zone. Like that was a huge play. Well, yeah. this is about as depressing as I thought it would be. You guys have fun over the next two hours.
1: <laughs> yeah. Yo, my God. Yo, man. This shit. <laughs> Yo, man. I'm going to have to lively this up a little bit. But, <laughs> man, yeah. It's woo, like a funeral in this thing. Well, as
0: soon as our show starts, we can just – uh. Oh, we just man. throw. Yo, <laughs> <laughs> so, oh, this is, is going to be
1: great. It. Oh man.
0: I'll do the more traditional goodbye. Y'all have a great show.
1: <laughs> Appreciate
0: y'all. <laughs> hey, in the oh, immortal man. words of Judy Brown, happiness is a choice and I'm trying to that. I, I am yo, trying. Yo,
1: man, Right. I, I just want you to know I love you. I, I know you're hurting. It takes a lot of balls for you to come here today and talk about what happened last night. And, yeah, man, it's hard to look at the positive at this moment. You know, great season. This Lions team, 2023 squad, all Lions fans will remember. But right now, man, I feel you. I feel you being devastated. It was
0: brutal. Well, and then Dan Campbell, God bless him, is up at the podium saying, you know, we may never get back here again. Man, what are you doing? Why is like, he saying this? Why are you – do I believe that? No. Well, then, what are you doing? But he probably knows that his offensive coordinator, Ben Johnson's leaving maybe Aaron Glenn. Don't yeah. know. Yeah. But, oh, yeah, man. Yeah, ask the Philadelphia Eagles what happens when your
1: offensive coordinator leaves. You could change everything, man, for the better or worse. And Ben Johnson, after that performance, I mean, wow. Had it. Had it in the bag, you know. Yeah, was
0: dialing up everything. What did I say going in? They had to run the ball. I was ecstatic. At halftime, I'm ecstatic. I mean, I'm sitting there. I'm taking notes. I'm like, this is the dream scenario. They've run it 21 times for 148 yards, seven yards a carry in the first half. Yep. Gibbs has got a touchdown. Montgomery's got a touchdown. Jameson Williams scores on a 42 yard reverse, four plays into the game. I'm like, oh. And Kyle Shanahan has said after the game, like, oh, they totally, they totally had us on that reverse. And, I'm like, run that again. Like, I don't care. Out of a different formation, something. But Jamison Williams in space, I'll take it. Yeah. Um, San Francisco misses a 48-yard field goal. You're like, okay. How about Malcolm Rodriguez? Rodrigo. Rodrigo. Coming in for Barnes, who gets hurt and he comes up with an interception that leads to a touchdown. How about Amon Ross St. Brown? He had five catches in the first half. Four of them were on, for well, 13 yards on third and nine, 11 yards on third and 10, 19 yards on third and 18, nine yards on third and seven. You're like, You know, for Longhorns fans, it was like the first half of the 2021 Red River shootout. Like every single thing was working. And the drives, you know, the Jamison Williams 75-yard drive in four plays. Montgomery's touchdown, 11 plays, 62-yard drive after the interception. Five play, 46-yard drive. Then a 17-play, 68-yard drive that took almost five minutes off the clock. And Campbell goes for the 21-yard field goal, and they go up 24-7. And I was like, you know what? Good job. Don't go 17 plays and come away with nothing. Don't give them any momentum. And I thought he would stick with that. You've already got a seven, you you know, you got a chance to go back up 17. It's like, I don't know. That's just yeah. me though. I mean, to force three
1: with the 49ers coming down in the second half, that's a win. That's huge. Now it's 14 points. You got seven minutes to go. It's fourth and two. And Dan Campbell, he just can't help himself. Like he just can't help himself. You gotta have a feel for the game. Cause right when you saw them driving. That should have told you, oh, okay, the 49ers, they're capable. They're capable of going on the run. They got too many weapons not to be. You know, when you got Kyle Juszczyk bailing them out of situations and stuff up the field, what do you do with that? That dude's going to Canton. I get it. This ain't the old school days where, you know, Daryl Johnson was playing fullback and stuff. I understand that. But when you make it to eight straight pro, uh, Pro Bowls, I don't give a damn about your stats. You're going to Canton. So just, you know, the things that he does as an X factor, you're not worried about him. You're worried about the rest of those guys. And I told you, man, Brendan Ayuk's a problem. Brendan Ayuk oh, is yeah. a serious problem. That was a big time catch, which you feel bad for Kendall Vador, but hey, that dude, you might as well have just taken the pass interference call because he pushed off which put him in that position to get the ball knocked off his dome and right into Brandon Ayuk's hands. And, yeah, you just got to take the points. You got to have a feel for the game. I mean, that reminded me both championship games. Todd Munkin, horrible, horrible for the Ravens, terrible. 16 rushing attempts? Why are y'all there? Y'all got there on y'all's run game the whole season. So, to go away from that, it's very odd. And then Dan Campbell, again, you got to read the game. You had two situations where you should have kicked the field goal. You're down by three. It's 27 24. It's fourth and three. Seven minutes to go in the game. Kick the field goal. Take the points. See what happens. Make the 49ers tense up. Nah, we good. We going for it. <laughs> You know, they tried to hit Alvin St. Brown. He on the ground. And it's just like this dude, Dan Campbell, don't give a damn. Like that, that's the meathead in him. That's the stuff that he can't help. That's what you question. You know, that's what I asked Lance Taylor. Yo, which coach you riding with? And he didn't even stutter when he said Kyle Shanahan. It's because of shit like what we saw last night, Chip. Like with Dan Campbell, he just him being a player you the kneecaps and all the push-up stuff that he stuff it'll catch up with you it will catch up with you because yeah. he was a tight end and i know he was on tons of teams where he probably thought his coaches should have gone for it and you know what he said he said if i was ever put in those situations i'm gonna trust my team because i wish i was trust when i was a player and sometimes those coaches were right Sometimes those coaches like, yo, fellas, I'm not disrespecting y'all, but where we are in this game and what we need, like we're on the road. You said it best, Chip. when you're on the road, you take the points. You keep that, you keep the audience and fans out of it. Because right when they got that stop, everybody on the 49ers side, Kyle Shanahan, the fans, they were like, oh, they fucked up. They, they, this is it. This is it. And then they went on that drive. Now it's a seven-point game. Jameer Gibbs fumbles. You come back down. Now it's a tie game, and that's it. Like you're completely deflated from that moment on. And yeah, you gotta blame the coach. You gotta, you gotta, Dan, Dan Campbell. He has to take full responsibility for this L. And it's brutal. It's brutal to think the Lions went out like this because yo, man, you're just trying to stick to that run game and really just controlling the game when you're up by 17 points. Like, you know the 49ers are going to get desperate, and you know your defense when it comes to tackling in the open field, you're not the best. You're not the best team. Aiden Hutchinson's out here getting pancaked by George Kittle and stuff. Like, there's too many guys on the 49ers side for you to play with your food. It's just too many. Like, if you win by one point, you're still going to the Super Bowl. You don't need to blow these guys out. What point are you trying to make by going for it and putting up seven instead of three? 27 to 10 sounds pretty good to me with about seven minutes left in the third quarter. Real good to me. So I, I understand it. And once that happened, I was like, oh, this, this might be it. Like, you just knew the football gods, they will punish you. It's just what it is. 49ers too talented for Dan Quinn and that Lions team to play with their food yesterday, and that's a shame. That's a really a shame because the Lions should be in the Super Bowl right now, and coaching mistakes is a big reason why they're not.
0: Yeah, it was, it was an unbelievable sequence that led to the meltdown, and and you still could have done some things even after the four minute massacre where you know you fail on fourth down you um have that brandon iU ball bounce immaculate reception two uh that leads to a touchdown then the uh you had the <clears throat> reynolds drop on third down Lions misplay that punt. And then my man Olaf um oh god Mela Melafanu had a purdy sacked. Dead to rights. And that's when he escaped and hit use check on the toe tap for the first down. That was a huge play. Huge play. You make that sack, it's they're punting. Instead, he makes a miracle play. Now the fans are going bonkers, and and they go down, and woo! Oh, can't forget the Gibbs fumble, which was just a tough, killer. Man. That was tough. That was tough, because he's been so good, and yeah. he was so good in that game. His touchdown? He's just like cruising through him. Yeah, man. That was that was like torture. <laughs> torture.
1: Yeah, I I mean, Dan Campbell, hopefully you learn from things like this, but yeah, Josh Reynolds, you got to catch that ball on 3rd and 10. You got to catch that, man. Jared Goff oh, that, that one was right in the red basket. Like at the fourth down one, okay, you had to kind of jump backwards, and he was trying to play it off on the sideline, too. Like, what do you want me to do? I to jump backwards and so shut your aggie ass up. You dropped it. You're getting paid way too much money. You should have caught that one. But the third and 10, you definitely have to catch that, bro. It's a tie game. Like, come on now. You got to get some life into this team because you dropped that. Now, everybody just head down and here we go. It's continuing. You know, things are continuing to go bad. And yeah, see.
0: see How about, and ready. then, and then it's like sometime in the third quarter, they show a graphic that says the last time the Lions and 49ers played in 57. The Lions were up 24-7 at halftime and won the game 31-27. So I'm like, oh, my God. Okay. Please, please, please. Too, too much. Too much to overcome, man. But, yep. hey, I think the Chiefs are going to beat the shit out of the 49ers.
1: Damn. Wow. Just like that? Yeah. I mean, I know they want Taylor there and stuff, but come on, man. We, we, you've been really dis. That's a petty thing to just say. Beat the shit out of them. Come on. You saw the 49ers Curry out there. should have
0: lost the Packers, should have lost the Lions, but you can't oh.
1: count them out. That's one thing you can't do. You can't count them. The out. Chiefs'
0: defense is a lot better than the Lions' defense.
1: Chiefs' defense showed me some yesterday. Now, Todd Jerry Sneed. Yo, what a hit. Zay Flowers, if I'm coaching, if I'm a coach and I'm, you know, telling these players, yo, when you're about to get to the end zone, just tuck it. Just tuck it. If you're that close, unless if it's a fourth down, just tuck it. Please do not try to extend. Don't do that. We've seen it too many times at this point. And if the AFC championship doesn't show every single football player out there to, you've got to be very cautious because these guys, They're coming to punch that thing out. They know that if it gets in that end zone, it's a touchback, and it's basically a turnover on downs. Like, I've seen that way too much lately. And Zay Flowers, man, bless his heart. All he's trying to do is make a play. I can't hate on him. The dude's trying to make a play. Lejarius Sneed, him and Trent McDuffie, best duo corners in the league. Easy. Easy. And there's a lot of guys out there, a lot of duos. Trent McDuffie and Legereus Sneed. The havoc that they cause just everywhere, they're a problem. No problem. They're a serious problem. And look, Brock Purdy, I can't knock Brock Purdy. Again, the stats don't wow you, but the man was moving around in the pocket that third and four, about 445 left in the game, Chip. Him using his legs to get that first down. Then they show his pops and his fine-ass mama in the stands going crazy. And just like, yo, man, he's – he just does winning stuff and he lets his guys those weapons, he lets those guys help him as much as possible. Like the play where he had to um what's my man's name? Jenkins. It was about third and five. It was in the second half, and Purdy was going to the left and throws back to the right. And then Jenkins stacked it one handed. Like it's just just stuff oh, like Jennings, that. Jennings Jennings. 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 Yes, Jennings. Yeah. Stuff like that. Just nuts. It's just nuts. So you can't count out the 49ers, their defense. They started picking it up, but damn, you think they're just going to blow them out? I don't, that offense for Kansas City is still uh, up and down. I I can't fully trust it. You trust Mahomes and him and Kelsey. They were making big plays yesterday too, but I, just like the Lions blew that game, I thought the Ravens blew it too. The Ravens are so ignorant. They, they felt like they had that game won before it even started, and the Chiefs, again when you're playing with nothing to lose like they were setting the tone early when they were knocking over Justin Tucker's shit when he was trying to practice these kicks when Travis Kelsey and Patrick Mahomes kicking this shit you got Travis Kelsey throwing his stuff in the end zone just so disrespectful and it seemed like it got in the Ravens head in such a negative way to where they cost themselves multiple times like Roquan Smith, the unnecessary roughness towards the end of the game. What are you doing, bro? You're too smart. You mean too much to the team to do stuff like that. That doesn't make any sense. Zero sense. Kyle Van, Van Nooy, Nooy why do you head button Travis Kelsey for? Travis Kelsey loved it. Travis Kelsey's clapping, laughing, pointing his head. They're getting in their head. You know what I'm saying? Zay Flowers. Zay Flowers. Huge catch on LeJarius Sneed. What you going to do? Throw the ball on him and talk shit to him afterwards? Chill out. If I'm John Hardball, I'm losing my shit because you got to be more disciplined than that in the AFC championship game. Like, you got to be more disciplined than that. And they weren't at all. And Todd Moiken, bro, run the ball. Just run it. You're like Lamar, every time Lamar dropped back, it was like 12-step drops. Like he knew that pressure was coming and he was running for his life. He couldn't even focus on what his wide receivers were trying to do with their routes because Lamar Jackson is too busy running around and dropping back way too deep. It was it was just bad. It was just two teams that I think lost the game more than the 49ers and the Chiefs won the game yesterday. And that's Charles
0: Amenahu. Oh, he was huge. Charles Amenahu. Big old strip sack, you know, and that just kept, that was a body blow. It didn't lead to points, but it screwed up another Ravens drive and made it where, oh, man, we got to go start over again. And, yeah, I, Chris Jones made about a million dollars in incentives yesterday, and he deserves it. Hell he deserves yeah. it. I mean, to me, the Chiefs defense is is the difference maker. I mean, look, Isaiah Pacheco, if, he's, if he can get healthy, which I don't know if he can, but he's got two weeks. The Chiefs can run the ball. Like their offensive line, you know, Creed Humphrey and Trent Williams, we got some. Boomer Sooner offensive lineman in this Super Bowl. But I mean, those dudes, I mean, the Lions laid down the blueprint in the first half and and then they got away from it. And I don't understand why. They ran it eight times in the second half. I mean, yeah, I don't know. Yeah. But and one was, of those
1: was Tom and Ross St. Brown.
0: Yeah. Yeah. He got and, a weird
1: handoff, which whatever mix it up, Ben Johnson, but it didn't work.
0: Yeah. I'm like, how about running that to Jameson Williams to the other side? Right? You know?
1: Yeah. I <laughs> you can't tell me coaching doesn't matter, man. Like, that's why these coaches are getting paid millions, cause in that one game, your coach could completely just muck things up for you. You know, Dan Campbell, again, he's had a terrific season. Definitely should be up for coach of the year. Absolutely. The turnaround that he's had since he's gotten in, going 3-13 and to win in the division and get into the NFC Championship game, that means something. But kind of like Steve Sarkeesian in this year. Sark, hell of a year. New Orleans, Sugar Bowl game. Very questionable, Sark. Very questionable. Sorry. Yeah, I know Jaden Blue and C.J. Baxter both fumbled, but... Texas should have been running the whole game, the whole entire game to keep Michael Penix off the field. And they were getting anything they wanted when they were running the football and C.J. Baxter and Jaden Blue weren't fumbling. But Sark said, "Nah, let's just put it in Quinn Ewer's hands and look what happened. Texas was at home watching the national championship the next week, just like the Lions and the Ravens are going to be at home watching the Super Bowl in two weeks. Like coaching matters. Game after game after game. And any little muck up, you try to get too cocky. You try to get too arrogant. You're not thinking on your toes. That coach on the other side, you might not have as much respect for him. Whatever it may be, it could cost you. And I I really do think just the teams that are in the Super Bowl got very lucky that some of the coaching mistakes by the Lions and the Ravens happened at the worst possible times.
0: Yeah. Yeah. I mean it was and I I, as I appreciate all the uh all the folks. Ralph, appreciate you, Ralph. You know, I had people telling me get your tickets to the Super Bowl now. Lions are going to the Super Bowl at halftime. I, I'm like, I uh, was this close to texting you at
1: halftime. I was this close, and I was like, you know what? Nah. <laughs> so I was like something about it feels like nah, let's wait till after the game and then I'll text them because I just felt like yo anything could happen the game's still close the game's still bitter close.
0: bitter heartbroken shattered heart ripped out yeah all that yeah, I great. mean I'll I'll say this Dan Campbell at the podium after the game was He was keeping it as real as possible, like too real, too real, way too real. Because it was like, <gasps> like how can yeah, no, you no, have no, this no, kind no, of perspective <laughs> and and think that those fourth down calls were like, oh no, I don't have any regrets. Because I just, it's it's different, man. It's different when you have a big lead and you're trying to keep their fans from getting involved. From creating that tidal wave of momentum. It's like Tom Herman. Tom Herman was up 10 against Iowa State. In the third quarter. Middle of the third quarter. And he went for a fake punt. And it. It didn't work. And this was even at home. And Iowa State. Brock Purdy. The whole momentum of the game shifted. Yeah. And. Texas had a 10 point lead when they went for the fake field goal. Like early in games, going for a fake field goal, kind of when they least expect it. Great. Yeah. Late oh. in
1: games. Yo, Steve Sarkeesian got lucky against Houston this year. U of H up in H Town. You're up 21, what, seven? And you do that fake field goal with Burt Auburn and he gets his sober carrot top ass jacked up. And then what happened? Houston got on the roll. And if it 21, wasn't for 21-21, if it wasn't for Trevandre Sweat, which I still think is a bad spot, that should have been first down Houston, but Trevondre Sweat so damn big that he got into the ref's view and you know they gave U of H a bad spot, then John a. Barron had the good defense stop on the fourth down. But yeah, man, that just, it's risky. It's risky. You gotta have a better feel for the game. And I get some of these coaches logic on, I want my players to know I trust them. You know, there, there's nothing that, like that feeling as a player to know your coach trust you with the ball in your hands and making plays. And fourth down, that's the perfect time to where you can get that trust from your coach. But at this point, Dan Campbell, you got to realize they're going to trust you no matter what. Like taking the points, that's what's best at the moment. That doesn't mean that Jared Goff trash. That doesn't mean if Amarabh St. Brown comes to the sideline and he's like, Coach, we got to go for it. Come on, i got my man. You need to let him know, hey, this ain't the time. I got you later on. I trust you. But I also trust our kicker more of where the game's at. We can't get this, like you said, we can't get this fan base back into it. You know, so we're gonna take these points, we're gonna kick it off, and then we're gonna make Brock Purdy try to bring his team back down 17 three-score game. So much different than a 14-point game. You're only three points, Zay. It's so much different. It's such it a is. different feel, it's such a different feel for everybody. You know, the play calling, everything's just different going from 27-10 to 24-10. It's so much different, and we'll never know now. We'll never know, and it's sad because <laughs> that schedule next year, first-place schedule,
0: you know what that means. Oh, that, like. was, part of, that was part of Dan Campbell's, oh, it's going to be twice as hard to get back here <laughs> next year. <laughs> Because guys are going to change. Coaches are going to change. And first place schedule. I'm like, damn, Dan, can I have five minutes to mourn? Mm-mm. Nope. But, nope. hey, man. It was it was golden for the first half of that game. They were ready. Like Campbell did his job. Don't unwind it. Don't, don't be the reason. Don't be the reason that that momentum and all the all the magic that happened in that first half comes undone. But it wasn't all his fault. It was a collective effort, no question. I I gave you six things in the anatomy of a meltdown. You know the the failed fourth down, the you know the fail not making the interception, having the ball bounce off your face mask into Ayuk's hands leading to that touchdown, the Gibbs fumble, um, misplaying the, the punt Reynolds. Well, Reynolds second drop on third and 10. The mag misplaying the the punt at the one, um, Melifanu missing the sack. Um, Yeah, man, and Purdy, kudos to Purdy. Hell, it took back-to-back sacks of Purdy just to make them settle for a 33-yard field goal um, that put San Francisco up 27-24. At that point, you should have been like, oh, yeah, if we get that field goal chance, we're going to take it just to tie it back up again because our defense came through with back-to-back sacks to force a field goal. But man, that was uh, that was a that was a crazy ride for three yeah. and a half hours. And Brock Purdy running around doing whatever he had to do, I give him all the credit, man, because he he literally his legs won that game. For sure. His legs won that game for San Francisco and he deserves a ton of credit for doing whatever it took to get it done and he did so that was you know and i saw all the all the all the folks saying should have kicked the field goal with a minute 42 left quit trying to score a touchdown you know you have to go for the onside kick or you could have kicked it away cuz you had you would have had all three timeouts instead of running it into the line with no timeouts Costing, uh, costing you 18 seconds and a timeout there at the end. But hell, at that point, you're just, you're grasping. You're trying to, you're trying to, you're like hanging off the skyscraper by your fingertips. You know what I mean?
1: Yeah, absolutely. But
0: Hey man, you know, who's, you know, who's not grasping. Apple leasing, Apple leasing is going to put you right in a comfortable brand new car and it's going to make you feel so good because some of you are driving around a car you can't stand. And that's no way to go through life, especially in Austin, Texas, where you're going to be in traffic. You need to love the car you're in. So here's the deal about Apple leasing. You're picking any make or model of car. They're going to lease you any make or model of car. So you pick it. Interior, exterior, they're going to go get it for you. They don't care what car you pick. That's the thats the new car experience you've probably never had before. And if you have had a bad leasing experience in the past, it's probably because you leased from a dealership. And then if you decide to change, make, and model a car, they don't let you out of that. They're, you know, they're going to hit you with the penalties and all that. If you lease from Apple Leasing and want to change, make, and model two years in, no problem. The easy lease. And you're not paying for the future trade in value of that car so you're getting into a better car than you thought you could afford and it's brand new that's what it's all about apple leasing give them a call 346-9977. visit appleleasing.com and brain vault brain vault i love brain vault I have my own brain vault i have my own brain vault mouth guard. oh yeah and the key in going to get fitted for a brain vault mouth guard is to show you how different the mouth guard is from those ones you get and boil in a pot. You're going to get fitted by a dentist. And that's why the brain vault mouth guard is proven, patented to protect your competitor or you from the effects of concussion. And that's what everyone should be concerned about. So, You want your competitor to play hard, but you want them to play safe. And if you're the coach or the team manager, they will do group fittings. They will come to you to do group fittings. All you have to do is go to brainvault.com. And Cover 3, Cover 3, hey, that's the place to be to watch your team. You got Texas and Houston basketball tonight. Head over to Cover 3. Check it out right there on Anderson Lane. Uh, the Sean Adams Prime Rib Sandwich, the the Round Rock location. Uh, you got Cover Two right there at 183 in Lake Creek. Go check out some. Uh, if you don't have tickets to the game, if you don't have tickets to Moody Center for Texas Houston. You can go check it out at all the great Cover Three establishments. All right, Zay. Um. Um kind of want to get your your take on the uh Texas BYU basketball game. Mm-hmm. Decent first half. Decent first half and then it's 44-41 at halftime. Texas came out hitting threes getting you know staying close and then it was like BYU went in at halftime and drank some you know compound V for all those who watch uh that uh show about the wayward superheroes on uh on Prime. But good God. BYU had 12 of 14 shots and nine in a row at one point, and Texas gave up a 10-0 run right to start the the second half, and we haven't even talked about the horns down t-shirts, which that was their call. That was BYU's coach, Mark Pope's call. Not quite sure why. I mean, I thought it was clever. There's yeah. have t-shirts. All across the front row that say horns down. I was like, that's pretty funny. Yeah. But Mark Pope said, yeah, need y'all to change those T-shirts. That just makes Texas look even soft. So soft.
1: Um, Yeah, really frustrated. I mean, you're only down by three at halftime. You get off to a nice little run in the first four minutes, and it seems like everything's clicking. And then just the defensive strategy was a little confusing. Now, I know BYU is one of the best three-point shooting teams in the nation, but when they're playing that five-out you know, type of motion with the dribble handoffs and dribble loops and whatnot, and everybody is out guarding their man, like there was zero help. So, yes, you're taking away the three, but you're also giving up a ton of layups. And a team that shoots 64%, you're not going to beat that team. I'm sorry. That's ridiculous. Like, that's too many easy buckets. Dylan Mitchell was horrible. It was 28 minutes of cardio for Dylan Mitchell. That's it. He was just running up and down the court. Walderman killed his ass. Killed his ass. Knocking down threes beating them backdoor, getting dunks, getting layups. I mean, that was the easiest 17 points of his life. And they just you talk about Robinson. He's 6'7". They had Max Asmus on him at times. He just shot over Max Asmus like it was nothing. They just got what they wanted way too easily. And uh, Texas defense was very, very suspect. And it was very just... Disheartening because you ride in this two game winning streak against two top 15 opponents in Oklahoma and Baylor. And then you put on that effort. And, you know, I knew BYU was going to play tough because they just lost two straight games. So Mark Pope's team at home, they were going to come out, you know, firing at all cylinders. But I just thought that you got to help and close out on guys and just try to rotate as much as possible. You're going to give up some threes. It is what it is. Like you're just gonna give up some threes, but you adjust to them, start hitting threes. Like one thing about shooters, once they see the ball go in, whether it's a layup, fifteen footer, or a thirty-five footer, that gives them confidence to keep on scoring. So BYU's saying, "Okay, we're just gonna keep taking our layups, and then the threes gonna open up later in the second half." And that's exactly what happened. That's exactly what happened. So. I don't know man like Brock Cunningham he had one of his best games and he still wasn't very good overall so that's just one of those things that you're gonna get with him I mean only two for seven from the field and he got 20 points and you know if you're playing Brock Cunningham 20 minutes that you're gonna that, it's not good it's not looking good if Brock Cunningham gets those types of minutes so what'd
0: you think of Kendall Weaver because he got 25 minutes Five of nine shooting, five rebounds, all offensive. Um, you know, one of one from three, four of four from the free throw line, two steals, fifteen points, dots.
1: Um, I thought he was good offensively. I thought it was one of his worst defensive performances. He gave up two and one buckets to Hall, which I told y'all Friday, yo, Hall, that dude is tough. Number 30, that dude was getting everybody in the right spot. Like, when he beat Kendall Weaver off the dribble the first time, I was like, okay, he caught Kendall Weaver off guard. Then he did it the second time, and I was like, all right, that dude's just tough, you know? And plus, just the way Texas was playing, Kendall Weaver was probably thinking, oh, I have some help somewhere. No, you don't. The help was not there the whole entire game. The help wasn't there. So offensively, Kendall Weaver was good. His defense, no, it wasn't the best. Dylan Mitchell, he really disappointed me. Like, that's just a sad performance, which NBA scouts, when they go look at his worst games, this BYU game is going to come up. Because offensively, he, he gave you nothing. Like, at least compared them to Draymond Green last week, and they were doing a lot of that stuff against Oklahoma, the dribble handoffs, and with him and Max A. and it looked like Dylan Mitchell was actually going to go to the rim on those dribble handoffs. BYU and Mark Pope, they were probably like, yo, when Dylan Mitchell catches the ball, he's going to look to pass. Let him do that. Let him, hey, if he tries to score, we'll take it. But we don't think he's going to try to score. So if whoever's guarding him, help. Just help. Every time Dylan DeSue got the ball in the post, they had a guy on Dylan DeSue and whoever Dylan Mitchell's man was just crept into the lane and just stood there, which I saw Kevin Durant last week. He said, yo, we need to get defensive three seconds in the game, which... I don't really agree with. I think there has to be some difference between the NBA and college. And I like having the no three seconds in the lane. Like, you gotta improvise, you gotta be creative in the college game. Like, you gotta be skilled. If you could just stay in the lane all day, okay, knock down the outside shot so you could get the guy out. Like Dylan Mitchell, you have zero capabilities of shooting from the outside. So teams are going to double-team Dylan DeSue and help. That's what BYU did the whole game. And they already do it for Brock Cunningham, and they do it for Kendall Weaver. Like that shot that Kendall Weaver hit, he was so open. Yeah, you have to take it. He didn't want to shoot Hello, him, he hello, hello. It. hello. That's what I mean. Like – and he's going to have to start knocking down outside shots just so these teams could free up Max Acemiss or Dylan DeSue a little bit more because all of the pressure and attention is going to be on those two. Game in and game out. Hell, you'll even settle with Tyrese Hunter shooting it sometimes. And he was good in the first half, and in the second half, he was invisible. I was like, Tyrese Hunter, are you even playing anymore? Really good in the first half, knocking down shots, getting to the rack, and then in the second half, you don't you didn't even really see Tyrese Hunter. So that was a little disappointing too. But I, Dylan Mitchell has way too much talent to put on the performance that he did against BYU. And he's a big reason why they lost, in my opinion. Like, he gave you nothing defensively. Waterman was kicking his ass. And then offensively, he was a liability, which it was basically like playing five on four. That's what it felt like, you know? So... Tonight, it don't get no easier. I mean, U of H, Jamal Shedd coming back home, Maynard kid. I know he can't wait to play for the only time he'll get a chance to play in the ATX. And LJ Cryer and those guys, (laughs) like, it's going to be a brutal one tonight if Texas shows that same weak-ass performance that they did in Provo uh, on Saturday because only – eight teams in the nation that are top 40 and Ken Palm and offense and top 22 in defense. And usually at this point ship, not usually the last 22 years when you're top 40 and top 22 in defense and offense, you're going to win a national championship. It always happens the last 22 years. Let me let y'all know for you gamblers out there, BetUS, when it's time to fill out your bracket and stuff, go to BetUS. I'm giving y'all oh, game yeah. right here. For, since 2002, t- one of these teams has won a national championship that has been top 40 in offense and top 22 in defense, according to Kim Pom. Tennessee, Rick Barnes squad, they have a chance. North Carolina, Arizona, Auburn, Marquette, Purdue, Michigan State, and the only Big 12 teams as good as Iowa State's playing right now, which they can move up, this could adjust, as good as Texas Tech's playing right now. The only Big 12 teams that fall into this category? Houston and BYU. BYU and Houston. So the last four games, Houston has won, four-game winning streak. They've given up like 55 points. Their defense is absolutely ridiculous, and it starts with Jamal Shedd and LJ So You've got to slow those guys down. I'll give you all the Zay Collier's big hat spirits player of the game prediction toward the end of the show, but, yeah, you've got to slow those guys down, man, and they beat the hell out of Jerome Tang and Kansas State on Saturday. They're looking like they're finding their stride. Texas, they have to have a good outing tonight.
0: Yeah, the the line for those of you who uh, are ready to uh, click betus.com, that uh, link right there in our um, Texas Sports Unfiltered YouTube page. um, You can access it there or on the app at Explore Our Socials. Is that right, Zay? Yep, explore our socials. Explore our socials. That'll also take you to the Bet US link, the Texas Sports Unfiltered Bet US link. Uh, the top online uh sports book, top sports book, last 30 years and all kinds of promotional, more promotional bets and like incentives for you to bet a little and win a lot. But the line opened at Houston minus five and a half. It is down to Houston minus four and a half. Okay. Hmm. I'll be there. I'll be checking it out. But the crazy thing about the Big 12, Zay, Kansas is four and three. Texas is three and four. Like Tech is sitting there at five and one. 16 and three overall five and one in the big 12 Iowa State five and two the Cougs, Houston five and two and then Kansas is four and three TCU four I mean it is a log jam of teams beating up on each other and look you're gonna run into it at BYU I think both of us felt like that was trouble for Texas someone asked me on uh you know, on Friday, you think Texas, you know, covers the eight and a half. And I was like, no, no, that's a buzzsaw waiting for him in Provo. Got to go play it out to BYU's pissed off. They got a bunch of six, five guards. They play well together. Play good <laughs> white boys tough, man. Yo, them some tough
1: white boys. You can tell they ain't getting none. You can tell. All that pent up testosterone and energy and stuff, them some hard nosed, tough, disciplined white boys. Can't eat no candy, can't
0: drink no soda, can't get no no nookie,
1: can't get nothing. Nothing. Waterman Hall Saunders, all those dudes, tough.
0: And you got to turn around, come right back and take on Kelvin Sampson's. Death trap. Because you know his boys are going to be all up in your business. And Kelvin Sampson has owned Texas over the years. He owned Rick Barnes when he was at OU because the teams were always tougher.
1: Yep. I remember Hollis Price.
0: Oh, yeah. Hollis Hollis Price. Price. (laughs) Eduardo Nahara. 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 Ended up playing for the Mavericks for a few years.
1: Nara was good, man. He
0: was an enforcer, man.
1: He was six ten. Step out, knock down the jumper. Agitator. Coach name. Dirty, little dirty. Come on,
0: man. Come on, man. <laughs> yeah. They haven't played in Austin since 2000. Wow. Interesting. Twenty. 20- Three years, they're going to be fired up. Yeah, oh, they but can win if, it all, man. They, they can look, win it all. Yeah, yeah. In Texas, they should be fired up. They got a chance to beat the number four team in the country. We don't see the best that Texas has to offer. Come on, man. Yeah. Kidding me? I gosh, it's so frustrating because people. Constantly hit me
1: up on Twitter, which y'all could ask me any questions. I might leave my DMs open. I'm having conversations with guys. Like I'm open to that. That stuff's fun to me. You know, hit me up, Zay underscore Collier. Everybody gets so confused on Dylan Mitchell and just his lack of progression here in year two. And again, like you, he's gotten better. He has from last season to this season, he's gotten better, but it's still not where it should be for a guy that was a top five player coming out of high school. You know, that is, that's, it's just not where it should be. Like all you heard from the off season was, oh, he's getting that outside shot down because you would hear at the combine. He was knocking down shots but it was against no one. They weren't during scrimmages. He was knocking down shots. They were saying when he was shooting like in practice, like from different spots. Yeah. On the rack, like a three point shootout situation. He was knocking down shots and his jumper. The fact that he's left-handed, it looks pretty like when he shoots it, that's a good form. It's just, I don't know. It's not there. Like the fact that he could just be so invisible offensively, especially in the half court game, it's, it's troubling to me, you know, and that goes back to coach Terry and his coaching staff. Like, what are we doing with him? You know what I'm saying? Like, what is he working on? Cause he should be one of those guys to where he has to get rid, he has to get a new key card to the Kevin Durant Center every other month because it's so worn out due to all the shots that he's getting up and the fact that he's in there so much. He needs to be one of those guys, you know. There's- you can only do so much by being a hustle player and just using your athleticism to, you know, get to where
0: you need to be because everybody's athletic in the Big Twelve. Right. You got to work smarter, not harder. Yeah. Like, his feel for the game, I'm like, where's the feel for the game?
1: And, like, it's I like thought we like saw the needs, same thing oh, with
0: Greg Brown. Yeah.
1: And and the Greg Brown excuse was, oh, he played in the Austin area, so he was playing down the competition, which I played in the Austin area. It's pretty damn good. But for somebody like Greg Brown, that's a five-star That's a huge jump going from that to the Big 12. And it showed that last year for Shaka Smart. And now he's still trying to find his way in the association slash G League. But with Dylan Mitchell, he went to Mount Vernon. Like you're playing against the top players in the high school every other game. Now his team was stacked. And I want to say they won national championships or got close. So he had the same role that he has at Texas, the hustle guy, the athletic guy, the defender. But still, man, like you thought just coming to Texas, he would evolve into something. And it hasn't been that at all. And it just, he he has to enter the draft this year because the draft's so weak. But I would also look at that as an NBA team and be like, man, we're taking a chance here. The team that picks him up, that drafts him, They're taking a serious chance, and he could be a guy that you see five years from now that's in Europe just because you're right, Chip, Like his feel for the game and basketball IQ is not where it should be here in year two.
0: Yeah, that's that's what surprises me because I thought, okay, it was fast for him. He was on a team with with six – fifth year seniors last year I could get where he could feel like I'm not worthy but then after going to the combine having the success he had drawn the the ooze and ahs he had you're like okay now he's gonna settle down and we're gonna see the real Dylan Mitchell because I agree with you there are times where he just looks over caffeinated like Yeah. He's got great energy. Yeah. He's got great bounce. Yeah. He's got great athleticism. He doesn't know where to go. He doesn't, he, he jumps on pump fakes. He doesn't, he's not patient. He's not.
1: Texas was five seconds away from forcing a BYU shot clock violation. And he's up top with Waterman and his, the balls on the left side, Dylan Mitchell's right. Waterman's right here. His man's right here. When you're, Playing defense, you got to see man and ball. That's literally what they teach you in elementary. Your head has to be on the swivel. You're constantly looking back and forth from, okay, there's the ball, there's my man, there's the ball, there's my man. If my man cuts, I'll be ready. He's completely watching the ball. And Waterman just cuts for a back door, and Khalifa, being the good pastor that he is, hits him right on the money, and it leads to a BYU dunk. And like, I almost throw the remote at the TV at that point. Like, I'm like, dude, that's some of the dumbest defense you could ever play. Like, stuff like that is just unacceptable. That has nothing to do with athleticism. That has nothing to do with heart. That's just being smart and just having a feel for the game. And it's like, dude, how does this happen to you so often? Like, it happened a ton last year. It still happens every now and then this year. But it's just – I don't know. It is – they need him tonight. Like, I don't know. They need him tonight. Like, a jump hook. He should be able to get to his left and throw up a nice jump hook, you know, around that 10-feet area. Just – because he's so athletic, nobody's going to block that. If he goes up and extends, nobody's going to block that. Why isn't that in your game, you know? But guys want to work on James Harden's step backs and shit, chip. Like, guys want to be Luca and work on the whole, the difficult stuff. Like, those guys, they do very easy things at first, and then it develops to the more skillful, difficult things later on. You know what I'm saying? you got to start at point A before you get to point Z, and uh, we'll see tonight (laughs) all right well i got
0: i got one for you this is this is like a popcorn kernel at this point okay because i haven't even i haven't even checked in with our our man hank south and uh and jordan scruggs but apparently kenneth grant the stud defensive tackle at michigan just started following sark on social media and yeah that could be nothing or it could be the beginning of a beautiful relationship you know what i'm saying
1: <laughs>
0: because with Harbaugh leaving oh baby
1: yeah I take that I take that That dude caused havoc for the Wolverines all year long and you know Tia Savea that's a big time get from Arizona I expect Alfred Collins to do some damage and obviously Vernon Broughton too and you get Kenny Baker on the squad. Now you have your defensive line coach. So there's not that question of, you know, who's it going to be? Now it's somebody that's pretty credible. If you ask around, Kenneth Baker, I don't give a damn if he's 37 years old. The dude, Steve Sarkeesian likes him. And the things that you've heard about him from, you know, it stops at Western Kentucky and my uh, Miami with the Dolphins. That means something. So, yeah, Kenny Baker, go after him. Go, you know what I'm saying? Go after uh Kenneth Grant because you need more depth at that spot to where you can rotate like you did last year, and now you got guys like Trevandre Sweat and Byron Murphy who are gonna get big time drafted. Hell, I saw something today, chip, where you know some of these mock drafts got Byron Murphy going to, uh somewhere in the teens or did you see that like 12. Shit like that, like, damn. And then I saw Byron Murphy, like, he put out on his Instagram a couple of pictures and stuff of him working out. Yo, man, the dude's in some serious shape. For somebody that size, he don't got no gut. Like, it's not that, you know, gut that you would imagine somebody on the line having. No, the dude has a very Aaron Donald-like body. Like, the dude's in shape to where... You don't have to take him out very often because he's not going to get fatigued like other guys do. And, yeah, man, Byron Murphy, (laughs) oh, shit. That would be big time if he got picked up around 12, 13, or in the teens. Yeah, Daniel
0: Jeremiah had Byron Murphy going 11. Man. In his first uh, mock draft. And yeah, I had him uh I mean, look, he's gonna be a riser because he's he can move, he's strong as hell, and he's got that he's got that nasty. I mean, he is a dog,
1: yo, so that. That's a terrifying dude. Again, go look. If you follow Byron Murphy on Instagram or if you don't, go follow him and go check out those players. Maybe I might pull him up and get him for you on bootleg. But the dude's tatted and stuff. He's just an angry-looking son of a B. Yeah, he
0: he has Murphy going number 11 to the Vikings. Boy. And let's see. Tavondre. Now Bucky Bucky Brooks has has Murphy and Tavondre Sweat both going in the middle of the first round. Jeremiah doesn't have uh Tavondre Sweat in the first round, just just Byron Murphy. But I don't doubt it, man. Byron Murphy's going to be a you know, if he stays healthy, he's going to be a 10-year a 10-year guy. Look at this dude, Chip. Look at oh, that. Yeah. Are you oh, yeah. serious? That's 308 pounds. That ain't much body fat either. No, it looks like, it looks like 260, and that's 308.
1: <laughs> it looks like 265.
0: Like 300-pound like, are dudes aren't supposed to be that. That's Aaron Donald.
1: That's like, Aaron I don't Donald.
0: That's Aaron Donald.
1: That's a nuts comparison. It's right, that's that's what Aaron
0: Donald looks like without his shirt on.
1: Wow, man, that's what Aaron
0: Donald looks like without his shirt on.
1: Yo, I saw that the other day, and I was like, Yo, I get it, I get it, because that brother from Desoto High School, he you do know, like he playing any games right now. You know, he's gonna have guards and centers just having fits. And the National Football League. And, yeah, you're right. That's a decade-long career that I think he could have. You yeah, like saying?
0: T-Sweat makes teams nervous because he's he's 362. And they know he was like 275 coming out of high school. So they're like, uh, is this guy going to eat himself out of the NFL? But he's – and he said – he told me he's going to drop weight. I bet he shows up at the combine at 345 and all the teams will ooh and ah because he'll move better than they think. He'll he'll rep 225 37 times and you know do all the ridiculous measurable stuff that he's supposed to do. And I bet he inches his way up. It's it's interesting. To see, I think Daniel Jeremiah and Bucky Brooks do a really good job. They both used to work for NFL teams. So that's why I like looking at their, um, you know, their mock drafts because A, those guys have had to do it. And Daniel Jeremiah has Roma Dunze going right behind Marvin Harrison Jr. He has Marvin Harrison Jr. going to the Cardinals with the fourth pick and Roma Dunze going to Jim Harbaugh on the L.A. Chargers with the fifth pick.
1: Yeah. Yeah, they need and him Quinn Johnston. One of the worst rookie years you could probably have for somebody of his caliber. Really Quinn
0: Johnston killed me this year. You have him on fantasy? Oh, yeah.
1: Oh, that's tough.
0: He was awful.
1: Yeah, he had those it, cool
0: Say Flowers, Sam Laporta are going wild in my rookie dynasty draft. Oh, Quentin Johnston didn't do she. <laughs> Nothing. Well, Zip-off.
1: I should have known something was a little questionable when his measurements came out. And all year, watching them in the Big 12, watching them take – Help take TCU to the national championship game. I always thought the brother was six five. Then they came back and it was like he's six two, and I was like, "What?
0: How yeah, the like hell six,
1: did Sonny Dykes pull that off?
0: Six, six two and some change.
1: Yeah, six two and some change. Like, was a dude? He wasn't. He wasn't wearing like stilts or heels. Wasn't anything. I'm like, pretty sure he was just wearing cleats. What's going on? And I should have known. I should have known right then. But hey but my man Sean so Adams rookie? used to
0: say, man, they stripped those brothers right down to their skivvies. Yeah. And you can't hide anything in that uh in that situation. Okay. Bucky Bucky Brooks has, has uh Byron Murphy. Going 16th to the Seahawks and T Sweat going 17th in the first round to the Jacksonville Jaguars. So Byron Murphy looking good. And for T Sweat, it's going to be eye of the beholder and how well he works out. By the way, Kenneth Grant is not in the portal. Now he has. 30 days from the time that uh, Harbaugh said he was going to the Chargers. But he is not in the portal right now. So people are going nuts because he's following uh, Steve Sarkeesian on social media. But that's, that's just, like I said, could be a popcorn kernel to nowhere or something to keep an eye on.
1: It could be just some petty stuff to get more money in Ann Arbor. Oh, yeah. You know what I'm saying? Like, hey. His agent's like, hey.
0: Ohio State, Oregon, and Texas are shelling out the money. Start following all their coaches. That's right. Because it's time to get paid. Yeah,
1: Jabbar Muhammad, he definitely getting that bag up in Eugene, you know. Oregon, man. I, I can't blame him like you know you've been reading the stories about him wanting to get majority of the reps and we know in pete wikowski's defense with terry joseph and blake gideon he likes to rotate those secondary guys so terrence brooks say what you want about him he gonna play like you know they're gonna play the guy and if jamar muhammad looks at that as a slight to him like yo if that's my spot i want all the reps like in Washington, I wasn't coming out the game. So I want to put on as much positive film as possible. And the only way I could do that is if I'm on the field actually playing. So I could see why Texas could be a turnoff for him and why Oregon makes sense, you know.
0: Every mock draft has the Lions taking a corner. Mm-hmm. Every Every single one I've seen. Yeah. Nate Wiggins, the corner from Clemson. Um, Yeah, corners of the week this
1: year for your Lions. Kool-Aid McKinstry. That would be a good pick. Yeah. I like Kool-Aid.
0: I'm seeing – I mean,
1: y'all struck gold with Brian Branch, but – Oh, yeah. I need that outside
0: corner to do, you know, a little bit more. Need a, need a couple of dudes that can make a play and not have the ball bounce off their face mask.
1: Oh, Kendall. Kendall. Come on, Kendall. After he, did the, after he had the pass interference call. Like, he shouldn't have even been doing all that. You're doing too much, bro.
0: Kyle Shanahan what said he had great position. For?
1: he did it was a horrible throw by Brock Purdy yeah horrible throw it should have been a pick and just I mean they it should have been a pick but he could I don't know if he would have gotten to it if he didn't push off you know like he pushed off on Brandon Ayuk just to get that separation to have the ball bounce off he was that on road. top of that route the whole time yeah that's what I'm saying why are you pushing off yeah why, what are you doing? Just like I don't know what 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 got into his head that he needed to do all that stuff. And
0: that was like Jose Canseco. That was like the ball bouncing off Jose Canseco's head and going over the fence. It was like, did that really just happen? Like went right through his hands. Yeah. Off his face mask, right into the hands of Brandon Ayuk, baby.
1: Uh, this was oh. a bad moment too, CB. C.J. Gardner-Johnson waving goodbye to the fans of the second quarter.
0: It's like all the people texting me at halftime saying, have you gotten your Super Bowl tickets yet? I'm like, I'm a Lions fan, okay? Like, until the clock is zero, there is no expectation. There is no thought that says, oh, yeah, we got this. Yeah, not at San Francisco. Yep. Not with all that talent on the field? Too much talent. You never know when you'll get
1: back ever again, either. What coach say? You never know you'll get back to this point.
0: He said this <laughs> might be our. He said this might might have been our only shot. Do I believe that? No. Well, then don't say it. I don't mind you saying it's going to be twice as hard to get back here. Because. You know, there'll be some player changes, coach changes, and a first-place schedule, but you don't need you better, to be. You got to pay 14 soon, too. We talked
1: about that last week. That's coming up. Are you going to jump to it quick before this last part of his contract comes up, the last year of his contract? Are they going to jump on it quick? What would you say? Five years, $100 million, just so they can save a little bit of money? Nah. We got John on every week. John ain't teach them boys to settle. John Brown didn't teach them boys to settle. Unless no. it's all
0: guaranteed.
1: Yeah, that's all guaranteed. No, that's different.
0: But, no, man. How much? Or, or, or do you do the three-year deal? Do you do, do, you do the three-year $90 million deal so you can get back and get that third contract?
1: Oh, that's something to look at. That's something to look at. Yeah. Let All
0: me right. tell you something. I'm in Ra, those four catches on third and nine, third and 18, third and forever. Good heavens. Yeah. That was insane.
1: Yeah, I, I get you having to balance out, you know, everybody's touches and stuff just to keep things spicy. But, come on, that dude needs to touch the ball way more in the second half than he did. Like, look at what Travis Kelsey did. Like, Patrick Mahomes knows, yo, this time of the year, I'm going to rely on my Hall of Famer. And And then
0: the last, that fourth and three at the end, he should have been looking at Josh Reynolds coming across right underneath who was wide open. No, Josh Reynolds had
1: his time. You can't trust him no more. Jared Goff? No, that's smart. That's smart. That's smart. You don't pass you know, Reynolds, you that muck stuff up twice already for you. You can't rely on Josh not.
0: Reynolds. Josh Reynolds ain't here. Yeah, but he caught one after that. Late. When I it know, was but that late. was... That was... I mean, Amon was down the field, and... Yeah. But, I don't know. It just wasn't... They'd already kind of come unraveled at that point. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. That's well, why I'll be unraveled. going to BetUS. US, loading up on the Chiefs <laughs> blowout,
1: huh? I mean, is, this, is this you just being petty? No. Or this is just this is no, actual. This is, this is 40 something years in the business. Coming yeah, to the table.
0: Yeah, they went to they went to Buffalo, handled it. They went to Baltimore, handled it. And the Chiefs are the underdog, although that line is flipping fast. Like, San Francisco opened as a a two-and-a-half-point favorite, and it's already, like, down to one. So the Chiefs have a better defense than they've had. Mahomes is on fire. Kelsey's on fire. Rasheed Rice is on fire. And hell, Marquez Valdez scanling big time catch. The, Yo, he caught the think about K- the drop K- that he K- had K-
1: earlier this year. He's had some drops in his Chiefs career. And for him to make that catch at the end, MVS deserves some credit. He deserves some credit. but like, you know, ah, oh, Todd Monken, 16 rushing attempts. I can't get over that. I can't get over that. Like, that's just why. Why do coaches feel like they need to – it got you there for a reason. Why do you think you need to go against the grain now? Like, Justice Hill, three carries. Gus Edwards, three carries. I I just don't – there's nothing that explains that. Absolutely not. I don't give a damn if Odell Beckham Jr. is going crazy and – Asking for the ball and shit. No, you shut your washed ass up. Like you're not that same Odell that was catching it one hand in the back of the end zone versus the Cowboy. You're not that. I. You're better than a lot of receivers in the NFL still, but shut your ass up at this point. You can't be bitching. That's not good. And I, you know, what he did against Lamar or with Lamar after the game where he went and whispered in his ear and stuff. Yeah, that's touching. But to hear that he was frustrated going into halftime and stuff about his touches like that's that's the bad part of Odell Beckham jr that's what people can't stand about Odell Beckham jr because this is above you bro this ain't the time to be doing all that you should be you know bringing positive energy like hey we're still in this game you know but Lamar Jackson running for his life Ah, uh, gosh Ravens they were right there they thought this was it too You know, the Ravens, I thought this was it for the Ravens. Everybody that we've talked to, pick Baltimore, you know, just because what their defense has pulled, Kyle Hamilton, how good he is at the safety spot coming out of Notre Dame, Roquan Smith, Patrick Queen, how good those guys are. Like that defense, terrific. But if you're going to be undisciplined the way they were yesterday and just completely unhinged, like, don't let those guys get into your head. I love Justin Tucker too. Austin Knight, Texas alum, going to Can, greatest kicker of all time. Travis Kelsey and Patrick Mahomes are trying to get into his head. They got nothing to lose. They're trying. Travis Kelsey was getting into those guys' heads the whole game. He would get a first down. He would do the first down signal right over one of the defenders for the Ravens dome, like right past they faced and stuff. Roquan Smith. That was the worst showing he's ever had. Like, he's their leader. He's their Ray Lewis. You know what I'm saying? You got to calm everybody down, not jack everybody up. I heard he was talking shit the whole game. And then that unnecessary roughness that he had at the end, what are you doing? Kyle Van Noy? what are you doing? You know what I'm saying? Like, oh. (laughs) Now we got to see Taylor Swift. Now we got to see Taylor Swift because – Teams want to get out of character at the most important times of the year. This is the time where you don't get out of character, Chip. Right. This is the time where you, I mean, you stay in character, excuse me. This is the time where you stay in character. You trust what got you here. You know what I'm saying? Yes, you make adjustments here or there, but you trust what got you here. And they didn't do that whatsoever.
0: Yeah, that was crazy. You and I both went 2-0 and in our picks.
1: Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah.
0: we both took the Lions plus 7.5. We both took the Chiefs plus 3.5.
1: Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Can't count out Patrick Mahomes ever. Can't do it. I mean,
0: the trajectory. Stupid. The trajectory he's on is ridiculous. He's been with the Chiefs for six years. And he's gone to the AFC championship game every year. It's incredible. Yeah, He's won two MVPs. He's won two Super Bowl MVPs. And he's...
1: <sighs> and that's what I'm saying. You're just figuring it out at the right time. I mean, they they got hot, but they didn't light up the scoreboard yesterday. They only scored three points in the second half, or did they even score in the second half? I don't even think they did. I, I could remember, did they go – was it 17-7 going into halftime? I feel like it was. Like, yeah, it was 17. They didn't score at all in the second half, not even a field goal. Wow. And still won that game. And this is what they've been waiting on. They've been waiting on the defense because in previous years, they haven't necessarily had that. And now they got – Drafting Trip McDuffie when they did last year out of Washington. That was huge. That was huge. They drafted him at 22nd-something, 20-something. He has been huge. And then LeJarius Sneed, the way that he did Tyreek Hill in the wild card game, pucking his ass, taking Stefan Diggs out the game, having him bitch, doing what he did to Zay Flowers. Going Peanut Tillman on the punch, getting the touchback. Come on, man. Come on. Come on.
0: Come on. Trent McDuffie, five forced fumbles this year.
1: Tough. Yeah. that's Spags, come on. Yeah.
0: Spags on fire. Def-
1: defensive coordinators, one of the best, man.
0: One of the best. Yeah, it was the uh- – Defensive coordinator when the Giants beat the 18 0 Patriots.
1: Yeah. Yeah. He loves this time of the year. He loves it. He's going to figure something out. He's going to figure
0: something out. So, Legereus Sneed was a fourth round pick out of Louisiana Tech in 2020. Well, that You don't
1: have to be a power four player or play in the SEC. It helps, obviously, but no, they'll find you. (laughs) They'll find you if you develop year after year, have a good showing at the all-star games or a senior bowl do well in the combine, you know, carry yourself in the right way to where nobody can say anything bad about you off the field. They'll find you. Yeah. That was a risk they took in the fourth round. They were like, okay, we like this kid. Let's see if he could come in and you know can understand what we do. And Spags was like, all right, let's do it. And now look at him. Now look at them. One of the best corners in the league. Mm.
0: Yeah. I love those stories. I'm I'm going to bet US. I'm loading up on the Chiefs because of that. D. Yo, be be careful, Derek.
1: You be on the streets. I don't want to see you somewhere. <laughs> I don't want to see you in Rumberg somewhere asking for change. Be careful. I'm telling. You, don't don't sleep on Brock Purdy, man. Don't sleep on him. Don't sleep on him. Cause that 49ers team, they wouldn't know if they had no chance to come back due to their quarterback. Like your quarterback gives you all the faith in the world when you get in those situations and you're down by 14 points. 17 points, having a quarterback that you know can be calm, cool, and collected, that's not going to trip in those moments, that means everything to your whole team's confidence, coaches, front office, fans, everything.
0: Hey, Malcolm Rodriguez wasn't sleeping on Brock Purdy.
1: No, he was there. He made a good play. But that's what I'm saying. Like, okay, Brock made a mistake.
0: We good. Right. He'll be Put fine. your foot on his neck and make him tap out. And the Lions didn't do it. Lions elusive, didn't do it.
1: Elusive Brock, dodging, making plays.
0: Crazy legs, Purdy.
1: Crazy legs. That was the loudest forty-six yard r- r- rushing I've ever seen in my life. It was always just at the biggest moments. It felt like oh. he utilized his legs like. Uh, you would have scored Aggies. out over 100 yards rushing, and you look at the stats like, damn, only 46, that's it? But it seems like you remember every time he did it, and it was just so gut-wrenching for the Lions' defense, man. And you could tell Aaron Glenn, you could tell how frustrated he was getting. When they would show him, he was cussing and stuff. I was like, damn, too many Aggies on the field. Too many Aggies, too many Aggies involved. Too many Aggies involved.
0: Too many Aggies involved. Damn. Yeah, man. Amon Ra had he had
1: stand by. Damn, we're we're calling Brock Tavius now? He gets a black name for his running efforts? Okay, I feel it. <laughs> I feel it. Um, Amon had
0: five catches for 73 yards in the first half. Four of them, you know, third and nine, third and 10, third and 18, third and seven. Converted all of them. He had two catches for 24 yards in the second half. No. He had two catches for 14 yards yeah. in the second half. So, yeah, kudos, 49ers. Just everything that was working for the Lions, They Lions only ran it eight times for 34 yards. Yeah in the second half
1: yeah you feel rookie mistakes in both games from Zay Flowers to Jameer Gibbs you know Jameer Gibbs as great as he was all season long it seemed like he was finally you know and he'd had a good game but that fumble was so costly you know you're only up by seven they have all the momentum in the world going San Fran's way if you could rack up a long methodical drive to take everybody out of the game including fans that's what you wanted if you're the lions like okay it's close it's a single digit game now let's go put up 7 and right when that fumble happened it was just like here we go just a domino effect and your head starts hanging even lower, and now you just start thinking about the curse and everything Lions fans have to go through over all the years. And yeah, I seen like what happened yesterday, which is so unfortunate. And again, Dan Campbell, as well as he's done all year, he just has so much meathead in him that yeah, it could be cool at times, but also. You don't want it all the time as a head coach. That's like Dan Lanning.
0: Yeah, he's going to have to learn that. Dan Lanning, I thought, you know, the two times he went for it on fourth down, like he should have absolutely kicked the field goal against Washington right before the half because you had just intercepted Michael Penix. You have to get points out of that. Instead, he went for it on fourth and goal from the three, didn't make it. Man, yeah,
1: yeah. He has a lot of that in him. Dan, Dan Landing has a lot of that in him. Like I got a point to prove, you know. And they were on
0: the road. Yeah, don't give that home crowd a reason to come to life.
1: That's what, analytics, you know. Analytics oh. affects every professional sport, every sport now, from baseball. To football to basketball like all I hear in the NBA game is oh, either threes or layups. But then I watch the playoffs, and if you don't have a player on your team that can knock down a mid range jumper on a consistent basis, that team loses. Go look at every single NBA champion, and you won't be able to find a player on that squad that won it all that wasn't able to hit a mid range jumper. On a consistent basis, from Jamal Murray last year, yes, Nikola Jokic is their best player, to Steph Curry in all those Warriors years, slash Kevin Durant, to when LeBron James, when he was hitting mid range shots, that changed his game and his legacy to the greatest of all time, which is the greatest mid range shooter of all time, Michael Jordan. Like, I don't give a damn what they say about threes and layups. Yes, threes more than two. I get it. I had, you know, second grade math also. But that gets taken away when things get heated and you get closer and closer to your goal in the championship. Stuff gets taken away to where you got to go back to the basics. Run the ball, Todd. You know what I'm
0: saying? Run the ball, Ben. Yeah, I mean, the Lions were running it. They picked up a third and 12 running the ball. (laughs) I loved it. Keeping the field goals instead of.
1: And if it's fourth and two, why didn't they run it then? I know. You know, fourth and two, now you put it in Jared Goff's hands, who's had a good season, but take the points, feel for the game. I, I don't understand it. You're getting paid way too much money not to know better, you know? So, hey, we'll see next year. We'll see what happens next year. And, hey, I'm, let's, let's talk a little bit about Taylor Swift, too, because I think she's – I don't know what the – the hating is starting to get a little much, you know. She's supporting her man. She can't help but be one of the greatest performers of all time, men or women. Taylor Swift, yo, she's in the category by herself. So, yes – She's going to bring in a lot of attention. Do I think it's a conspiracy theorist situation? The ignite side of me says a little bit, but I'm trying to be, I'm trying to look at the benefit of the doubt for the Chiefs and understand that, yo, it's the Kansas City Chiefs. Like, they're always here. They have arguably... The greatest quarterback that we've seen in the last decade I get Tom Brady was in the last decade but come on like Patrick Mahomes is doing special Taylor Swift's boo is special Travis Kelsey they finally got a defense which they haven't had like can't be surprised to see the Chiefs in this situation let's just I get it we get tired of seeing the same old teams. We get tired of seeing Alabama all those years, got tired of seeing the Warriors all those years back when the Yankees were winning it in the late nineties, early two thousands. We got sick of that shit. Like, yeah, in sports, we hate seeing the dynasties. We like to see it changed up, but Hey, they're dynasties for a reason. They got good front offices. They got good coaching. They got good players, put all three of those together you're probably going to get to the championship all the time. It just happens to be Travis Kelsey is dating the biggest mega star in the world. She can't help it. She just supporting her man. I know she ain't got no booty. I get that. She can't help that. I guess she ain't no Beyonce. I understand that. But she's talented. She got her Swifties. She got her wave going. I'm, I'm done hating on Taylor Swift because I've been a part of it too. I see her in there, and I see her swag surfing with Mama Kelsey, and I'm like, man, that is a tacky swag surf. But I saw them yesterday kissing on the field, Chip, and you know I love love. I love love. I'm a hopeless love, romantic. Love. Me and my woman, we watch a good rom-com every now and then. I watch The Bachelor with her. I love love. And to see love, her love. take in her man and be there for him and kiss him, and support him knowing that she's going to get the hate and he's going to get the hate. That's real. That's rather die right there. That's rather die. Now, do I think it will last? Hell no. Cuz Taylor she get bored. Taylor she get bored and uh, I think a big part of why they're into each other is because they're not with each other all the time. Like they're both so busy dedicating themselves to their own craft, it doesn't allow them to have the normal husband and wife, boyfriend and girlfriend type relationship. So ask Tom Brady about what happened when he went home and was retired. Son of a B came back to football, Chip. Son of a B couldn't be around his kids and Giselle. This is Giselle. Couldn't do it. And said, yo, I got to get back to this game because – I didn't think it'd be like this. And Giselle was like, I can't, nah. If you're, it's either me or the game. And Tom said, the game. (laughs) Tom said, "Uh, yeah, uh, I'm 45, but it's the game. When, whenever Travis Kelsey, who doesn't have many years left, playing the game of football, whenever he decides decides to hang up the cleats, because you know Taylor, she's always going to be performing. And they start spending more and more time together. And Taylor realizes, oh, he's different. When he's not playing, I
0: don't know if it'll last. Plus, yeah, you know, it's, it's like Brooklyn Decker out. with Andy Roddick. When Andy Roddick was playing, he was a beast. Mm-hmm. He was the man. As soon as he stopped playing, she realized I'm married to a meathead. <laughs> and Brooklyn I still Decker. look good. Cool. And I'm I'm acting in movies. Uh-huh.
1: Yeah. But why do you think Justin Verlander came, uh, is still playing? Justin Verlander could have hung it up a long time ago. He's still going the the Hall of Fame, but him and Kate Upton, they're still going strong. Right when Justin Verlander said, you know what? My shoulder is getting a little bit more sore. I'm not, I'm not bouncing back like I used to with my arm. You know, just had Tommy John a couple of years ago. I'm hanging it up. I'm gonna be around the house more, and Kate's gonna be like, "Damn, this is different. <laughs> this this is different." I'm telling you, i Or he you. is, yeah. Or he is, yeah. He might be that way. You know what I'm saying? Damn,
0: Chris is, Andy is.
1: really a meathead.
0: Oh yeah, I mean he's he's a lovable. Lug, but she's like smart and you know got all these different avenues she's going in yeah she, she tries acting. to act
1: she, she tries to act uh, no. Nah.
0: yeah no nah. she pretty- does the acting
1: yeah yeah she yeah <laughs> yeah she was on that netflix show which was pretty pretty good um with the old women jane fonda
0: oh yeah yeah he
1: was on that i think she was like jane fonda's daughter or something or yeah the other old woman's daughter one of them and monster
0: or something
1: yeah she's she's okay she's good to look at though she does her thing
0: but yeah all right well let's uh let me tell you real quick before we get to the chip shot let me tell you about Salt Traders Coastal Cooking because it's all night happy hour tonight, kids. And Salt Traders Coastal Cooking is great seafood. And if you love oysters, this is your spot. They got, you're going to get $5 off the beginnings menu during happy hour. And again, it's all night happy hour tonight. They got dollar oysters too. So you just keep loading up. And they got oysters from, You know, every different kind of oyster you'd want. This isn't like, I mean, this is high end, but it's not high end pricing. And that's what I love about Salt Traders Coastal Cooking. You're getting great seafood, $5 off the beginning's menu, dollar oysters. They got grilled oysters on the beginning's menu. They got the New Orleans barbecue shrimp too. Get into Salt Traders tonight kids and audio visual consultations my man tom mckay making it so easy for you to get the big screen of your dreams or the surround sound the you know electronic shades surveillance new lighting how about a whole new media room audio visual consultations they have set me up in three different houses they've done it for most of your favorite restaurants here in austin let them do it for you too they're the best just give them a call two five five eight six seven eight tom and his crew will bring everything to you avconsultations.com all right say this is a combo platter chip shot of kansas i'm going to tell kansas city chiefs fans you need to enjoy you need to savor You need to appreciate the fact that from 1970 to 2017, you went to one, one AFC championship. And you've gone to the last six. And now you're going to the Super Bowl again. And Pat Mahomes seems like he's pissed. Like, he wants a piece of whoever comes his way. Same with Travis Kelsey. Chiefs. Chiefs fan. You got to be loving this. Because, listen, for a half last night, I was loving it. I was like, oh, my Lord, have mercy. Signs of the apocalypse. Is this really happening? No, it wasn't. So. It was like a piano dropped on top of Eminem's head, my head, everyone's head who was cheering for those lions. But the Chiefs won AFC Championship game from 1970 to 2017. And now you're going, I mean, you just went to your sixth in a row. All with Pat Mahomes at quarterback. And he's going for his Third Super Bowl victory. Third potentially Super Bowl MVP. And this year he kind of had to, well, he had Travis Kelsey. Let's not uh yeah. Let's not sugarcoat that. Travis Kelsey this weekend became the all-time receptions leader in postseason history, surpassing Jerry Rice. Travis Kelsey. You got to fight for your right to party. That guy just surpassed Jerry Rice for most receptions in postseason history. And he and Pat Mahomes, Pat Mahomes who Quandre Diggs lit up out in Lebuttox, knocked him senseless when Charlie Strong somehow went out to Lubbock and scored a win. Probably because Vinny Testaverde's like little brother was the backup that year and had never played in a game. Um, But this is, this is unbelievable what we're watching and chiefs fans. Savor it, savor it because This is is unbelievable. And Andy Reid, I'm so happy for Andy Reid. Andy Reid got run out of Philadelphia. And you got to have the quarterback. Got to have the quarterback. Because Donovan McNabb was so good. Right up until that damn Super Bowl. Yeah. When it wasn't good. And then... He fell off. He fell off. Terrell Owens ragged him, and he fell off. And that was that. Pat Mahomes, he seems like he's getting better, angrier, more focused, more determined because he's always like this. Give me that play. He actually leaves yeah, his pinky out. He's like this. Give me this. Yeah. Yeah. Yo,
1: he's a sassy dude. He the way he be walking, he be walking with his like hands out and stuff and swaying his hips and yeah, he be doing like this and that I'm like yo man <laughs> Yo man, you got yeah, a little sassiness to you that's I don't know. I don't, wow must be just that Lubbock stuff.
0: Well yeah. and I feel bad for Eric Bienami. Because he left to go run the Washington Commanders offense and show that so everybody stupid. that
1: that was so he's, stupid.
0: He's got the secret sauce, and now it looks like Ben Johnson's gonna get the Washington Commanders job. Yeah. So maybe Dan Campbell can hire Eric B. Enemy. I don't know. But I would be smart, you know. Yeah, I give him a call if I'm
1: Dan Campbell. That's a good move. Uh, that's a good move right there. I'd give him yes. a call for sure. Because that's the whole thing with Eric Bieniemy was, I ain't getting no credit here in Kansas City. Everybody gives it to the big man, Olden the menu, and everybody gives it to Patrick Mahomes. So Eric Bieniemy deserves some of that love. And he tried. Washington wasn't it. Like Sam Howe, he should have seen the writing on the wall, too, with Ron Rivera only had one more chance to save his job, you know. So that that was a bad move by Eric Bieniemy, which I felt he, I guess, felt pressured to take the next job or have to prove himself in order to get where he really wants to go, and that's, you know, potentially be a head coach in the National Football League. But yeah, I would have rode that out a little while longer. I really, you know, I really would have, because yeah, the Chiefs—they're not slowing down anytime soon.
0: All right, let's get to the right call with my man, Zay Collier.
1: Yeah, y'all know on game days or the day before game days on Fridays, we do a little bit different here on the right call. But before all that, i to tell you all about Covert B Cave, the family owned group of automotive dealerships that have been serving the greater Austin area for over 100 years. You cannot go 10 blocks in the, in the ATX without seeing a covert auto group owned facility. And Covert B Cave is the best one. They hold it down with us here at Texas Sports Unfiltered, and they will help you out by getting you a new or pre owned vehicle with a high quality selection that the customers rave. About Seven terrific brands from Dodge, Chrysler, Cadillac, GMC, Ram, Buick, and Jeep. You're going to find what you want at Covert B Cave or go to covertbcave.com for all the latest specials and inventory. Get out of that hoopty, man. Get out of that bucket. It's beat up. It's old. If your grandmama's been driving in and she ain't been around since 05, that's a serious problem. Get you something different. Go to Covert B Cave and get hooked up. Nobody beats a covert deal. Not now. Now, not ever. And now it is time for the Zays player of the game prediction brought to you by Big Hat Spirits. Only three more days until January is over. So dry January is still going on. And even when January is over, man, take advantage of the Big Hat Mocktails that you can find at HEB. All the margarita without the alcohol. 50 calories, zero alcohol, mocktail with kombucha, sparkling water, real fruits and spices. It comes with the lime type salt and the chili lime salt already. So you could sprinkle that thing around the rim. I have one almost every other night. They are absolutely terrific. Go to BigHatSpirits.com and get all you know types of things and specials over there. Hey, check it out at H-E-B, your local H-E-B. They got it for you today. Big Hat Spirits. All right, Chip. Tough one tonight. Coming off the walls from BYU. My player of the game prediction is going to go with Max Asemus. You know, Max A. Smith, he's what makes the horns go. I like what Coach Terry has done as of late, putting the ball in his hands more and having him orchestrate the offense a lot more. And he's going to have to be huge tonight against the really great guards of U of H, starting with Jamal Shedd and LJ Cryer. Both of those guys are absolute studs. Jamal Shed, he's coming for blood, man. He's coming for blood. If you're from the ATX, your dream is always to be recruited by you know, the Texas Longhorns, and Jamal Shedd was not. He wasn't one of those big five-star players. He was around three, maybe a four-star coming out of Maynard High School, but yeah, I've been watching Jamal for a very long time. I remember when he dropped 50 on Aikens and how that was going around this city, and if you drop 50 on anyone, you could hoop. So Kelvin Sampson and him have a great relationship. He's averaging 12 points a game with round six assists, and he's the one that makes them go. Max Acemas, you can't hide him tonight at all. Usually the Horns like to hide them defensively, but he's either going to have to guard LJ Cryer, Jamar Shedd, or Emmanuel Sharp. All three of those guys are the starting guards, and all three of those guys are the leading scorers for the Cougars. So they're difficult, man. They're physical. Their defense is crazy, and they have big men, too, that block a lot of shots and cause a lot of havoc in Roberts and Francis. So, this is going to be, you know, one of those games with the horns. They got to play smart. They got to play tough. And Max Acemas, some of those shots that he took against BYU, he has to take them. Like, he's going to take those 35-footers. He's going to take those deep threes and shots that a lot of guys in the nation can't even make, yet alone attempt. So... If he's not hitting those shots, then it can be a long game for the Horns, especially if you have guys like Dylan Mitchell and Brock Cunningham not giving you what you need offensively. We know those guys, they aren't shooters. They aren't much of an offensive threat. So the attention always goes to Dylan DeSue and Max Acemas. And Brock, and, which Brock's trying to shoot, like he's trying to take those shots, but that's what you want as a defense. If you, want, if you have Brock Cunningham shooting shots, you want as a defender, you won because that means the A. Smith, or Hunter aren't taking those shots. So, Max A. Smith, he's going to have to really get going tonight. And defensively, he has to be really sound. Again, L.J. Cryer is an absolute bucket. The Baylor transfer who went back home, Katie Texas kid, that dude, he's one of those guys that if he hits his first two shots, he could go off for 30 in a heartbeat. So... Tyrese Hunter has to be good. Kendall Weaver has to keep doing what he's doing. And then the defense, it just can't be what we saw against BYU. I understand BYU offensively, they are a very good three-point shooting team. But, man, Texas was giving up way too many easy back uh, baskets trying to take away the three from the BYU Cougars. Now, Houston, they're not going to shoot as many threes, even though they're capable, you know, <laughs> Jamal Shedd has really improved his three-point shot these last few years. LJ Crier, he'll knock down threes at a quick clip and Emmanuel Sharp, he'll shoot the three too. All those guys are shooting over 35, are shooting 35% or over this season. So they're going to shoot them too, but They'll also throw it inside to guys like Francis and guys like Roberts and the bigs for Texas. They're going to have to be on point, too. Dylan DeSue, his defense, it's going to have to be better than what it was against BYU. Kaden Shedrick, hopefully he could get more minutes than what he gave you against the Cougars, but we know he's still dealing with those back spasms. So another night in the Big 12. If you win this game, it's going to be very hard for the committee to get you out the tournament. You know, because this is one of those teams that a lot of people in the nation are going to pick to win it all when their bracket comes out in Kelvin Sampson's Houston squad. So, again, the Big 12, absolute gauntlet. We knew these horns probably weren't going to do well against the Cougars, the BYU, and Provo. That's exactly what happened. You don't want to lose three games in a row. You got another tough one. (laughs) <laughs> this Saturday coming up, uh, I want to say against Kansas State coming in. So, hey, two, couple of these schools in the Big 12 have lost two in a row. It happens. But if you can avoid that tonight, obviously that's going to be huge to where the horns land when the bracket comes out in March. So uh, if I go to Bet US right now, look at that line. Want to say it's what four something? Four
0: and a half. Four and a half.
1: Yeah, I'm Texas taking plays
0: at TCU Saturday.
1: Okay, TCU, wrong purple team. Okay. So yeah, TCU, they beat U of H this year. So and beat Baylor in Waco in that triple overtime game. That was right after Texas BYU. So yeah, it's the Big Twelve is just nuts. Like, if I'm the committee, I would just put the top 12 teams in the Big 12 in the tournament just to see what happens because they're all just beating each other up, you know. That's what you get. It's just so hard to stay consistent every night. And you try to see what matchups Texas has against Houston. Dylan Mitchell, you got to play great tonight. You can't do what you did against BYU. You have to be a force defensively and offensively. You just have to be aggressive. I'm not saying you have to go get 30, but just look for your shot. Like, actually be a threat. Make the defense have to play you to where it's not five on four. Dylan Mitchell has to bring it tonight, and if he does, Texas will be in the game. I'm not saying they'll win it, but they'll be in the game.
0: Yeah. And breaking news, in the last 15 minutes, Charles Amenahu suffered a torn ACL. Damn! And will not be in the super bowl for the chiefs so that is a huge setback for for charles who seven sacks career high seven sacks this season with the chiefs signed a two-year 16 million dollar free agent deal with the chiefs after playing for the 49ers last two seasons he was looking forward to getting getting a piece of those boys and torn acl For Charles Menehu. He and uh, Kyle Shanahan. The Longhorns in the Super Bowl. Unfortunate.
1: Very unfortunate. He was very disgruntled on the sideline. You know, he slammed his helmet down. So you knew it was serious. And we all know how tough Charles Menehu is. That strip sack fumble was big time. Momentum shift in the Ravens game. And he will definitely be missed. And. Gosh, I hate to hear it. Pop
0: to Charles Amenhu and the 49ers and the Lions, not the Ravens. <laughs> not the Ravens. Trey Allen, what's up, man? Yeah, I'll be so, rolling with you. How was the last two hours. Yeah. Zay and I are going to be hanging out the first 30 minutes of three to five. Do you I mean do you feel better I, after getting to Yeah? He uh, scraped me up. He scraped me up off the floor, you know. you yeah. Got a big old spatula out and Kind of scooped me up off the floor. So things are better. I had therapy. Sorry to everyone. You'll get your money back for this show from me because, you know, I needed some therapy the first hour. Zay helped me out. Then we got into it. And Chiefs fans, you better just appreciate every minute of this. Because Dan Campbell told me last night, the Lions may never be back.
1: (laughs) Oh, I can't believe he said that.
0: The Chiefs go every year since Mahomes has been there. The Lions may never be back. Wow. Yeah. I can't believe
1: he said that.
0: Hmm. Dan Campbell, wait, what? Were you being serious there? Oh, yeah, he He said said that. In his post-game press conference, he said, you know, I tell these guys, you never know what play it's going to, you know, impact the outcome of a game because you don't know if you'll ever be back. Maybe this was the best we've got. And then he's like, Do I believe that? No. I'm like, Well, then why are you saying it? Because he's the compassionate meathead chip. We'll <laughs> you no, he kept it well, real show you that level of compassion, and it'll just do meat-headed things on the sidelines, unfortunately. He kept it too real. Yeah. Mm. All right. Fellas. All right, Jay. Hey Z, thanks for uh thanks for picking me up, man. You know, what I'm saying? oh yeah, man. That's
1: my job. I'm your partner. Tomorrow. I'm your friend. I love you,
0: brother. There's gonna be better days. Tomorrow we'll have our man uh Hummer. We'll have Man, Hank South, who knows? We'll keep an eye on uh, whoever Kenneth Grant is following on social media until tomorrow. Texas, Houston, get to BetUS, BetUS BetUS.com. Make sure you click on the link right there on our uh, Texas Sports Unfiltered YouTube page. That'll take you to the USBet.com Texas Sports Unfiltered link. That's where you want to be. Ciao.